Hey, Maniacs. Hey, Midsummer Maniacs. This is Midsummer Maniacs. Oh, yeah, baby. A <laughs> weekly comedy recap podcast of the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week, we cover an episode of the show, including the murder, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love, including you. This I'm Sarah. Week, I'm Mark. And this week, we get to cover season 23, episode one of Midsummer Murders. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Back to the good stuff. Not Epis- that everything else isn't good, but you know, this is this is our baby. Yep, episode 150 or 133 of the show. Okay, so it's our 150th episode? Yes. Okay, because we've done other yes. topics. Yes. Gotcha, we, I was a little confused done, there. We've done 17 other topics. Yes. So, yeah. before we go anywhere, this is a spoiler podcast. Yes. If you have not seen season 23, episode one yet, stop, stop right now. right now. If Go if if you, it's available to you. We're gonna talk about that. Ooh, there's some stuff going on there. Ooh, if it's doggy. available to you, then go listen to our mini episode that is spoiler free first. Watch the episode, then come back because we're about to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. Yes. Speaking of people who haven't seen it, oh my gosh, the people in Britain. Are- there's going to be a revolution. Season 22, episode five, five and six. We're supposed to be on ITV starting this week. Yeah. Sunday at 8, 8 p.m. They but were supposed no. to air. But no. <laughs> Wait a minute. How can they not show them what's going on instead? Well. I mean, it's not like the queen died. I'm I'm actually happy the queen died because she would have wanted to see Midsummer. She would be upset because <laughs> what's taking her place. Her... She's been preempted by Harry. (laughs) No, she hasn't. (laughs) Sorry. Midsummer. Midsummer has been preempted. By her grandson. By her grandson talking about fistfights with his brother. Wow. Over Meghan Markle. Oh, my God. Wow. I, I, I think that UK viewers deserve to be really mad. See, so this happened. I posted. They've been waiting how long? Today is Sunday, okay, the 7th Mm -hmm. of January. And I posted a little note that said, hey, UK listeners, you should listen to our mini on the episode that you're going to see on Sunday before the episode because it'll show you how to watch like Maniac. And you can know what we understand is the true understanding of Midsummer Kurgan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You will understand what we mean by Midsummer Kurgan. Yeah. And I I was like, oh, I'm, you know, we're dealing with both. Our our major audiences are the UK and the US. The US. Those are our two major. So we're going to have like all these people interested in the podcast and all this community because we got different episodes airing on different days and and different places. Then, Slam on the brakes. Wow. Record scratch. Because <laughs> ITV decided to air Harry's interview instead of Midsummer. I went to the ITV website. I double checked on the schedule because a person on Twitter said, you need to look at the schedule on ITV. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. What? And wow, that was crazy. 
that they did that. Have they posted when they're going to air it instead? No. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so, even worse. So those people at least tell us what you're when you're going to bump it to. Yep, those people who are expecting to see Midsummer, who who like they're we're going to get to. We, we have they're the so home much audience. To talk to. They're the home audience, I, and they should get it first. They should get it first. Never mind. Yeah, they are not getting it again <laughs> we're because sorry. of Harry. We should just give them all our acorn login and a VPN. <laughs> <laughs> New Midsummer Maniac sponsor, Nord VPN. Yes. <laughs> like if it if it would put a thumb in the eye of ITV for doing that to show them our disapproval, then yeah, I'd be supportive of that. Well, but it would only hurt Acorn for everybody to be all cheaty and watching it. This has been a crazy week. From start to finish with Midsummer, mm-hmm. Because we put out a mini on Monday about episode four of season 23. Mm-hmm. The, uh, what is it called? It's called Dress to Kill. Yeah. Right? And there are people in that episode who are people of color, mm-hmm. who have alternative uh, sexuality and dress in Drag. other genders clothing. Yeah. And I probably think it's the first reference to cisgender mm-hmm. in... Midsummer. Well, the Facebook groups went nutsy bobo. <laughs> My gosh. I, I, there I was somebody out on IMDb too I going, this of, is too woke and Floor yep. is really mean. Yep. I'm like, Floor's not mean. There were comments on both of our uh, releases for that episode mm-hmm. on Facebook that were deleted by admins. Wow. Because by the Midsummer admins. Th- I didn't delete. I don't no, delete not, any not, comments. Not us. No, no, no. no. Because oh. they were so nasty. Yeah, and that has way more comments than anything else. It it was like somebody was waiting for somebody to come along and start talking about the episode, and everybody piled on. I was like, I just have a little podcast. It's a mini. <laughs> Wait, we're just having fun. You should listen to mini. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't trying to start anything. And then on Reddit. On the subreddit, somebody's like, we should really have a spoiler policy. No, that was a good idea. And that was totally legitimate. That was totally legitimate. And so and you everybody did it. was was great about it. And so I implemented a spoiler policy on the subreddit. So there's are, a tag there now. So you can still post about things. Yep. But you just have to put you the tag a, on it. A, a big red flare tag. So that if that somebody doesn't spoiler. want to ruin it for themselves, they won't read that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I, that's all good. And on top of it all, all of that, on top of it, we kind of hit a bunch of milestones all at the same time. This is episode 150. We had 250,000 total downloads. That's awesome. That's a quarter of a million downloads. Yeah. That's insane. You know, that's that's a quarter of a million times an hour that yeah. people have listened to us. <laughs> times oh an hour gosh. of people listening to I'm us. sorry. <laughs> We hit 3,000 people on the subreddit, which is, is we're, we are. The subreddit for Midsummer Murders. It's not for the podcast. Yeah. That's it's great. It's not for the, yeah. it's way ahead of like the Poirot subreddit and the, not the Agatha Christie one. Obviously. Yeah. And like, it's just nuts. It's great. Stuff has been crazy. Yeah. So thanks for the update on that, Harry. Harry ruins everything. <sighs> On to good things. It's the pie report. Yes, the pie report. After we we did the Broken Wood episode, people have asked us about our pies. Mark Mark went on the search on the intertubes and found 
some Ki- authentic kiwi pies kiwi from cuisine pies. Yes, and yep. ordered them for us and uh, I think we ate some of them when we had no water, <laughs> but we did have electricity. Never mind the horrible Christmas break <laughs> that we had. We haven't even gotten into that. Um, Everything's okay now. We talked but, about wow. it on the minis, but um, yeah. So we uh, so we received a shipment of pies. Yes, and they were delicious. We ordered steak and cheese, the king of pies. Yes, according to Brokenwood, yep. mince and cheese, yep. and butter chicken. Yep, all three were. Excellent. They were excellent. I highly recommend yep. Kiwi Cuisine. Yep. They didn't give us a break on them or anything like nope, that. Nope. It's not a sponsored nope. thing. I'm just saying nope. they were super good. They so were if you're curious, you should get quality. them. High quality. Yeah, yeah. Really good. High quality. They cooked well. Mm-hmm. It takes a little while to cook them. Well, That's they're frozen. They're frozen. Yeah. It takes a little while. But they weren't soggy or anything. No, no. The crust was really no good. No soggy bottoms. No soggy bottoms. <laughs> and the fillings were delicious. I have to say, it may be apocryphal, but I like the butter chicken one the best. It, it was super good. Super good. Yeah. But they, but they all were, three were great. They were absolutely great pies. And if we ever actually make it to Alexandria, Virginia, we're going there for pie. Yeah. Speaking of kiwis, we have a correction to make. Yes. Uh, ginger petal. Yes. On Facebook was no, kind, no, on Instagram. Sorry, on Instagram was who is a Kiwi mm-hmm. from New Zealand. From New Zealand was kind enough to let us know that the information I had about how Kiwis were named, the birds and the fruit were named, was incorrect. Yes, and that Kiwi is actually the Maori word for the bird, and that is first. Yes. So it's not that the birds were named after the The fruit. fruit. It's the fruit was named after the bird. Yes, and ginger petal knows. And thank you so much for letting us know. And once again, if we make a mistake like that, please. Oh my gosh. Tell us. Yeah. I want to learn. That's one of the things about community that I like is when people are like, actually, you're not correct. I have no problem admitting I I was wrong about something. Don't mind mind saying we were wrong at all. Are you ready to talk about Black Tree's Prophecy? Yes. The original air date for Black Tree's Prophecy was the 12th of December, 2022. Didn't we just do a mini on this? Well, that was the air date on Acorn. Yes. It has not aired on broadcast TV yet, right? Yes, and we did do a mini on this. And when we get to the the things we asked you to watch for in the mini, mm-hmm. the watch like the maniac things, we're going to point them out in the episode as we go along. Yes. On the garometer. Turn on the garometer. I would put this at stairs and a half. Yeah, this is kind of stairs and a half. There's some the planning first, that goes on with these murders. There's some effort to take in that it requires some some forethought and a hazmat suit. And then uh, canned ham. Wow. That's, that was a, a weapon of opportunity. Yep. I, I would think unless, I don't know, maybe the pub doesn't serve canned ham of any kind and she brought it with her. <laughs> Why is somebody walking along the street in an orange hazmat suit with a gas mask carrying a canned ham? Oh, we have several, several questions for this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is an episode all about doomsday preppers. Yes. This is uh, about sinners uh, on Warren Kane and his wife. Warren was the, the village GP until he retired, and now he's focused on the end of the world. I literally have a problem with the first second of this episode. <laughs> 
How so? Because it starts with Black Trees Farm. There's a caption that says Black Trees Farm. And it says 0.59 a.m. 0.59 a.m. The a.m. is not needed. It's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Yeah. That is pandering to the U.S. audience. There is no a.m. p.m. in yeah. military time. Yeah. Why are there so many hats in this house? Uh, why is there so much weird things in this house? Oh, this house is full of strange things. There's just weird stuff everywhere. And it's the typical country aristocrat house. Except it's for instead of real books, there's... Fake book wallpaper? Yes, which is... Everywhere. One of the things that we were going to talk about, we talked about on the mini, which is the stupidest wallpaper. Watch like a maniac. And it's up a stairway, like at an angle, like where it couldn't even be a real bookshelf. It's in a couple of places, which is weird. It's not fooling anybody. It's not fooling anyone. And like, what are you supposed to say? Oh, that person must be smart because they have book wallpaper. Like what? What does that say about you other than that you're stupid? That you're pretentious? I guess. There's also the dachshund chairs that you noticed. Yes. In the living room. The dachshund chairs in the living room. Well, no, let's be straight about it. One chair has the dachshund's butt and the other one has the dachshund's head. They are in the right order. Yes. They're not, (laughs) they're not front to back, but but, you know, you have to like pan across the backs of both chairs to see the full dog. Okay. I'm guessing you have to buy them in pairs. You have to buy We damaged the head one. We just need to replace that one. I easily spend 20 minutes trying to figure out these chairs because (laughs) you sit down on the chair and your back would cover the dachshund. Yeah. Why would you have the dachshund there and not on the back of the chair? Because then you wouldn't see it. I just want to go to the store where they bought them and say, yes, we need eight chairs. We want all butts. (laughs) Just the butts. Or does it wrap around and it's the same on the back? And the opposite is on the maybe? back. Like on the butt chair, the head is on the back. They're literally like it's a like, wraparound dachshund. They're like literally bookend chairs. They're very they're, weird. They're very strange. And then on the couch, did you see what was on the couch? Mm-mm. The weirdest cat pillow ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a cat, a, a giant tiger face, I think, with I think a wolf face on top yeah. of it. It's the whole, I'm not even going to talk about the set dressers. I'm just going to assume these are the decisions of the characters, right? That they actually furnish their own home. Yes. The whole place is, I have money. I buy things. I put them in my house. Yeah. The set dressing I don't make is choices. amazing. Oh, yeah. It's very okay. well done. I don't make choices about aesthetics. I make choices about accumulation. Yes. The weirdest thing I found in the house is in the kitchen. Uh, and I've got a picture of it in the folder there so you can put it in the notes. Okay. When, how do you say her name? Clada? Clada? The wife? Yes. Is in the kitchen. Uh, I think it's I think it's called uh, Champagne. I think okay. I named the file. <laughs> you got it? Okay. Yeah. Yes. On the wall, there oh. is some kind of decorative thing that is for... Upside down bottles of champagne. There, there's actually five. Five. Five upside down bottles of champagne. They're not stored there. No. This is not a rack for storing champagne. No. It is decorative. Oh. There are four bottles screwed to the wall. Why I, would you do that? I don't understand. I mean, it wouldn't even make like a good towel rack or anything. No. 
I, I don't I don't get it. It's ugly. They'll be in the show notes. It just fills sure. space. I don't yeah. get it. Anyhow, gosh, we never mind the fact that they have a mirror on the top oh, of yeah, their I was poster say, bed. I should have taken it back. The most offensive thing to me is that they're they're fine, like Victorian era at least, if not earlier, for a poster bed has mirrors on the ceiling, which and is just bleh. which leads to this weird shot. Of it shows him coming into the room and then to drop, wake her yeah. and it pans from the mirror image of him to her. It's it, it, it's directed by Robert Bengora. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is the first thing, first Midsummer he's directed, but he's been uh, super vocal and cool on Instagram about what he these does. are not complaints so, about no, him. No, it's he, not poorly filmed. No, no, no. These two people just have no taste. Yeah. Their house is horrible. Okay, folks, we're still literally the first seconds. thirty seconds. <laughs> this episode. We should move forward. Okay, let's but, get to the shelter. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you mean the booze? The booze box? The, the booze pit? The part? The party pit? The party pit. <laughs> That's what we're calling it from now on. Because these people are not really prepping for the apocalypse as no. much as they're prepping for a convenient excuse to have a lock-in party. Yeah, a sort of lock-in because, okay, there's World War Three happened, mm-hmm. okay? I know about this bunker, but I'm not there to get in. Mm-hmm. I find a keypad at the door, mm-hmm. okay? It's my life to get in through this door. Mm-hmm. I'm going to probably try 7890 pretty soon <laughs> <laughs> in the locking yeah. Going through, like, I'm going to try one, two, three, four. Yeah. Then two, two, three, four, five. Yeah. 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 I'm going to try five, six. all those four digit consecutive <laughs> yeah. numbers. Yeah. Right and you're going to be in in about 30 seconds. I'm going to be in in about 30 <laughs> seconds. And then you don't have a different code for the next door. Yeah. I understand having like creature comforts in there, like couches and things to do. You know, you need to be entertained if you're yes. gonna if you're gonna survive and not go crazy. Everybody needs a drinks cart. I get it, but a <laughs> drinks cart is kind of like what? And yeah, we we come prepared with a bottle of booze for each of us. Yes. The Never mind the hundreds of bottles of wine in the, the space taking up racks. Uh, the Studwick. Uh, whiskey, which is not a real no, company. It's a fake. Now we noticed something on that bottle, and I have a theory about that. The W. Yes. Okay. It's for Warren. It's his bottle. Oh, that makes that's a better theory than. Oh, mine. what did you? <laughs> what did you concoct? <laughs> My theory was so those bottles are not filled with actual booze. Uh huh. So you think the W is for water? I think the W uh-huh. is for this is contains whiskey that is water. Oh. I, yeah, it's whiskey colored water. There's a bottle there with each of their initials, I think. Yeah. Yeah, which is what I was talking about. There are symbols on the walls. Did yes. you notice those? Watch like a maniac. Yes, so there's an arrow that goes to the right and a circle with a cross on it in mm-hmm. the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then beside the door, there's another circle with a cross in it and what looks like a bridge symbol. And yes. Then, and then the number five. Thank you for saying that that was a bridge symbol because, well, did I go down rabbit holes of all kinds of like UK military symbols, survivalist symbology, uh, hobo symbols. I mean, you name it. <laughs> that That is either uh, a bridge yeah. or um, somebody with a dog lives here if you're a hobo. <laughs> um, and I'm only calling them hobos because that's what the experts call those yes. symbol sets. Yep. The circle with the plus sign in it, uh, the only thing I can find that means is Earth. Okay. 
and the double arrow I cannot find anywhere. Okay. And I really looked. I can imagine. Uh, including a site where you did a a text description of the symbol and it claimed to be able to look it up. Wow. So if somebody listening knows what those mean and why they might be there, I thought they probably belong to like a set of symbols that are like supposed to be universally understood. Yeah. So maybe that bridge is actually a door. Maybe. But I, I, I don't know. I knew you would look into the symbols. So I got caught up in another thing in the in the uh, bunker at this point in time. Yeah. Did you notice that both in his house and in the bunker there is an enormous inordinate inordinate amount of animal skin products. Yeah, he likes animal stuff. Wow, does he like including animal stuff? Dachshund butts on yeah. chairs. <laughs> Like just there, and we can't really talk about Warren. By the way, we're talking about his shelter in his house because he really isn't even in the episode. No. And, and he like, freaks out. He he rouses everybody. He's obviously overreacting to a message that comes over the radio from somebody he doesn't even know, from a source he doesn't even know. Yeah. And he's just like, "Finally, an excuse for my party pit. Let's go, Gloomsday Preppers, unite!" <laughs> I call it Gloomsday because they're like glampers, <laughs> you know. Gloomsday preppers it's might be the name of the episode. Glamour, glamour doomsday because we're going to have wine. Well, those liquor. amphetamines hit him awfully hard because he can't do the code and someone in a hazmat suit has locked the door. I don't even, I don't even know why he doesn't say, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> that That's the first thing you say, well, not like, that's all the proof I need. Let's go. No. <laughs> no. Because he just wants the excuse. Yeah. Totally. To, to be in the party pit with a couple of pretty ladies who can, who can repopulate the earth with. Yeah, okay. I'm not sorry at we the, don't get to the, know him. He's not likable from what we learned. At the end, we need to talk about the whole repopulating the earth thing because it is problematic that all the men in this episode have. Mm. It's The men in this episode are not nice people. Let's talk about other things that aren't nice. Let's go to the Barnaby's house. Oh my God, I have in all capital letters, it is so filthy. Watch like a maniac. Not the house. Not the house. Something in the house that we talked about in the mini. The towel. So the Barnaby's at the end of their kitchen island... (laughs) And there seems to be a purposeful camera shot of this. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you've ever been in a very old gas station, convenience store, yep. auto, I, I remember these from auto repair places. We had them at my school when yes. I was a kid. They used to have these towel dispensers that instead of having paper towels that came out, uh, they were called the endless roll. Yes. And it was a spool of fabric that you pulled down to dry your hands on and the next person would pull it again and have a dry. And then when it was all dirty it went away it went away and it's it did not loop back no no they're not <laughs> supposed to do that no nope. and they're like i don't know like 100 feet yeah a fabric yeah what the barnabies have is called a roll towel yeah roller towel sorry now it is a towel that is probably six feet long yep and is sewn into a loop yes and put over a bar Yep. So that you can do the same thing with it. You can grab it, dry your hands, move it, grab it, dry your hands. You know, my first thought when I saw that was we could never have one of those because Olive, Olive would, would hang pull. on it. <laughs> she would hang on it, right? And the idea is that the bar is kind of like a toilet paper dispenser bar. It, you can take it off and easily throw that in the wash. Now, these are very popular in the UK. Okay. Because they're green. 
Okay. And I get it. I do. I don't disagree with that. No, no. The problem I have is not that they're green. Nope. Is that they're not supposed to be this kind of green. It's filthy. It's yucky green. It's got glops of stuff on it. It's, it's just gross. It's gross. Oh, we're overreacting. Anyway, Sarah's freaking out about her mom coming to visit. Okay, I have another theory. And this How w- horrendous is her mom if the friend that she has later in this season can come over and she's not freaking out about her yes. coming? But her, but her mom causes her to freak out. Yeah. Because if her friend from another, from that other episode was coming, I would be freaked out. Yes. So her mom must be Godzilla. So I have, there's a lot of comments about both Betty and Sarah in these episodes being not really part of the episode. Which is fine. They don't have to, they're not the main characters. These are filmed during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And Fiona Dolman has a small child at home. Yeah. They completely lock down her and Betty's set oh yeah because and that's why she is not in as much of these episodes because they especially this first one it's clear she's in one place and one place only yeah and i got no problem with that i have no problem so it's totally fine yeah Um, and her mother must be the most evil creature on she's godzilla momzilla she in another scene she seemingly has spent like a thousand dollars on flowers to put everywhere all over the house like how scary is she if she's that scary Put your foot down and say, you're not coming to visit me. You can stay in the hotel. You cannot stay with us. Yep. (laughs) She's that bad. Well, it makes you scrub under the sink with your tie on. (sighs) We'll get there. (laughs) What are you doing housework with a tie on? You don't do any work with your work clothes on. Not if your work clothes require dry cleaning. You change clothes as soon as you get home like Mr. Rogers, just like I do. Yes. Gosh, we really need to move forward with this episode. You know, we're like on the second scene. Anyway, (laughs) people are screaming uh, in their earphones right now. So we've we've got, you know, Warren has the 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 party pit. Yes, and he is the GP, which is the former GP, an incredibly important part of the episode. Yeah, that they kind of be like, oh, he's just the GP. I'm like, if he's not the GP. This is not the same episode. Right, then there's lots of problems yeah. with everything else. Then there's Etta, yeah. who lives in a caravan, and mini episode alert. Watch like a maniac. Apparently her only point of personality is that she thinks the world's going to end and she has piercings. She's millennial piercings, world's end sex addict. Oh, that's that, what she that's is. who she is. That's yeah. Who, she's a little flat. Why? Well, we'll get that. Why? Near as I can tell, she's got 11 earrings in her head, which yeah. is, I don't care if I she s- had 40. Yeah. I, that's fine. I mean, but she I has have, a nose piercing, which may be the first one I'm I have like six. Yeah. No, she has, she maybe has the first septum piercing. Yes. Because a lot of people have little nose studs oh, on the right. side. Something. But she's got the ring in the middle. She is the ring in the um, middle. But the whole, the whole reason I even asked to watch her like a maniac is yeah. that I think I think at one point one of her piercings disappears. I think so too. <laughs> Off of one ear, I think yeah. she loses an earring because I I don't think the actress actually has that many. Yeah. Which, so we have a problem with this murder, which is it's not explained all that well. Well, it's just not. It wouldn't. I don't think it would work the way they say that no, it will. But I'm willing think. to suspend disbelief. I don't care. Somebody yep. sucked all the air out of there. They yep. drugged him, what and then they sucked all the air yep. out, and he suffocated. That's cool. Meanwhile, the important thing about Warren the scene died in his own party pit is 
that Fleur's been on rock star buses. Who, what rock stars do you think? Are you Fleur, surprised? No, not at all. But what rock stars do you think Fleur's bus has been on the bus of? Oh, definitely like the Rolling Stones. Lo, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, for Pink sure. Floyd. That band that we always make fun of that everybody in the UK always says that we shouldn't make fun of. That we can't even remember the name okay. of. <laughs> the but Who? One, I'd one, add the Who on here. But one of the, one of the lead singers made a really bad movie later as a tax write-off that, that yeah, band that yeah. you're talking about okay i also think she could probably be a best friend to rod stewart no problem at all oh no problem at all no problem so so we got and uh jeff beck she could hang out with him pretty well jethro tall jethro tall yeah do you maybe. think you think fleur's played the flute oh <laughs> fleur played jethro tall's flute wow but um, um, wow! Innuendo alert. Yep. Um. So then the other main characters that we've got. So we've got Clara, who's I, I keep. Is it? I can't. Is according to IMDb, her it, name is Clara. Yes, is Clara. Okay. C L O D A G H. I know. So we're just gonna call her Clara. Clara. That's how I'm gonna say it. I think that's how they say. Well, it the, the actress show. has an interesting name too. Oh, her name is Sahita Sanita Henry. Yeah. Do you recognize her? She, uh, She's I, hot off another set when she makes this episode. I don't know what I recognize. The her Chelsea from. detective. Oh, right. She's the Chelsea detective detective. Yes. But she had a stranger role oh, way back did. when. She did. That you you would never guess. Because okay. it, it may be but her the, first movie role. But this role. is not a bad movie? No. Okay. Because she was in The Fifth Element. What? Yes. Okay. Let me try to guess where she is. You won't the, recognize her. She's okay. really young. Okay. In the fifth element, mm-hmm. she is one of the kids in the pyramid at the beginning. Nope. Okay. She's the president's assistant. Oh, now I have to watch fifth element. <laughs> yeah. Just to see. She basically stands next to him or behind him with a little microphone on with the presidential uniform. And she says a couple lines. Yep. yep. She does. But that's her. That's the president of the galaxy. If you haven't watched fifth element, yeah. you should. Oh my gosh. Go, go see it. Yeah. Uh, go watch it. And and Stu, who is the other prepper. Yes. Who so, is also a poacher. He's a poacher prepper. Yeah. So Etta, Stu, Warren, and not Guy, who who is supposed to be in the... Um, oh, and Clotta are and supposed Clotta. to be in... That, those those are, the, are the four who are supposed to survive the apocalypse. Two couples surviving the apocalypse. Yes. Impregnating each other. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Now, Guy thinks he's... One of them, but he's no, not. No, no. And then his wife, who owns the bookstore, Paige. Yes. So there, then there's Guy and Paige. Yep. He thinks that he's going to be in there, but he's not. And Paige, his wife, uh, played by Holly Aird, who was also in the Oblong Murders. Yes. She's been in and they have before. two children. And they have two kids. Zane and Becky. Right. Um, oh, my God, Becky. Did you see the size of his hazmat suit? <laughs> You have to do that joke anytime you hear the name Becky, don't yep, you? You do. Clara is not missing Warren. No. <laughs> it's She's clear like, right off the very beginning. Even if she wasn't having an affair with Guy, I don't think she would be missing Warren. Most people think I'm his daughter. <laughs> Like, that's the first thing she says to the cop. Yeah, and then runs off to her friend and goes, never mind, honey, I'm just going to give you, you know, some of the insurance money and we're going to keep yeah. this bookstore open. And isn't that By convenient? the way, I'm and sleeping and with your husband. Yeah. Like, who's using me to get the code, which is 7890. Yeah. <laughs> so that he can get in the party pit? Yes. To survive the end of the world, I yeah. guess. Like, I, why does Guy even want to be in there? My biggest note in this section is Ukrainian dog chairs. <laughs> 
<laughs> because the Dachshund chairs are yellow and blue. Also, why are they yellow and blue? Lots of things are yellow and blue, other than the Ukrainian I flag, guess. though it is the most important yellow yes. and blue thing right now. Yeah. So Paige's shop is being repossessed. Yes. Because I guess a used bookstore doesn't do enough business in this tiny village to stay afloat. We go on about this in all of our episodes, but I'm just going to bring in the hits here. No one works in this goddamn village. One person could run that bookstore. No one works in this goddamn village. No one goes to stores. No one goes to the pub. No one does anything. There are some people in the restaurant sometimes. There are two people in this village who reoccur. Did you notice the people that reoccur? They're, they do have two background artists. Yes. Who, who are frequent walk in the a dog. <laughs> they walk the dog when yes. a walk, dog walk is needed. Yes. But other than that, there's no one in this episode. I have never seen a more empty pub than this pub. Well, but there's one important visitor to the pub. Okay. And that is a whole deer. Okay. Also in my notes, health and safety will have a problem with this. You don't dress a deer in a restaurant. You don't dress a deer inside. <laughs> you hang it from a tree. <laughs> You bring meat to the restaurant, yeah. not a deer. He carries it through the front door. <laughs> you don't bring undressed meat to a pub. Who owns this restaurant? So this restaurant is owned by two people. It is owned by the Salts, okay? Oh, you Ma think so? Medora Salt and Randall Salt. You think they own it? Yes. I think they work for Stu. You think Stu owns this? Yeah. Why is he poaching if he has a million and a half dollar house? Did you see his house? I know. We don't see inside his house. No. But he has a- He's okay. a forecourt. Okay. We don't have a forecourt. We don't have a forecourt. <laughs> <laughs> like we live in a really nice area in Bloomington. Three doors down is a former- U.S. Senator. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we live in a very nice neighborhood. We don't have a forecourt. No, no. His house is, maybe that's why he has to poach because he's in debt over his forecourt house it, and his big restaurant. Did you notice it has two wings? I his know. His house has two. Stu, let your girlfriend park in your forecourt. <laughs> <laughs> is that a euphemism for something? <laughs> <laughs> because Anna is supposedly his girlfriend, and yet she has to park in an alley, and he's in a million and a half dollar house. Well, I don't think she'd want to park in his forecourt, because Etta can't be beholden to the man. She can't have all the doors open in her van if it's in the forecourt. He's got a gate. Why does he have all, she have all the doors open in the van? Airing it out? <laughs> I, it would probably I, I need it. Okay. 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 Whew. So Warren doesn't have all the money. He no. canceled his life insurance. Yeah. So now Clauda is like, well, I guess I don't have all the money. Oh, wait. We, we forgot the most important thing about the pub. Yeah. The pub tells us what season it is. Oh, it's even, Easter. Even though none of the outside shots are in this. There's spring. some daffodils, I think. I think so. Because there's signs for an Easter dinner and a Mother's Day dinner. Yeah. But that we don't get to see what's on them. I'm really glad neither of us has an ex who lives in a tent in our yard. Yeah. Because, <laughs> wow. I mean, Warren apparently was a grumpy jerk. Yeah. But having his... His disenfranchised ex-wife well, living in the backyard could not have helped. It's driven her insane. Because yeah. in the end of the episode, she just goes to the house and says, I, I live, live here, here now. now. Yeah. Move over, current wife. I live here now. It's not even current wife. Claudia is a widow and yes. she owns everything. Yes. 
Move over, widow. I'm moving in. In the world's fastest will reading, which is on the phone, (laughs) on the car ride, on the way over to the bookstore. I'm not making that up. That's what Winter says. Mm -hmm. The will says that she gets the house and and the bomb shelter. Well, that's good. She gets the party pit. (laughs) Her boyfriend's like, oh, buy the bomb shelter. I have some secret money. Dude, if... If I have a secret boyfriend and they say, oh, by the way, I have secret money. I'm like, why are you not telling me about secret money beforehand? Yeah. And, you know, why doesn't your wife know about your secret money, by the way? So not only does his ex-wife live in the woods. Yes. Which we understand she has to because she's she doesn't have any money or anything. Like, I guess they she really got screwed in the divorce and she's also lost her job. Okay, so she's a little unstable, maybe. Yeah. She likes her crossbow a little bit too much. And her. Bear traps. But she also seems to have kind of a legitimate grievance, too. Like oh, totally. He really did mistreat her. Yes. And then she lost her job yes. as the head of security at this pharma company. Wait a minute. Pharma a company? pharma company? We are 50 minutes into this episode. <laughs> and this is the first instance of the pharma company. And this is the entire reasoning for the plot. Yeah, so she lives off grid. Yeah. But, you know, she's nice to Zane. She seems to be able to. But she's got power. She has a DVD player. She must have a generator or something. I know she's got a couple solar panels off in the background. You can kind of see them leaning against She has the two worst DVDs of all time. Uh, Well, yeah, they are the DVDs of the movies that are on Guy's Wall. No, no, there's another one. Oh. There's also, so she has the sum of all our fears, mm-hmm. right? That's the, the Big Ben movie, right? Yes. And then she also has... And by Big Ben, I mean big, not the bell, the tower, you know, the clock tower is on the poster and that's on Guy's Wall. We see it in a couple of places. So she has some of their fears mm-hmm. and she also has marooned, but not forgotten. Is that how she feels? I, I guess. Or marooned and forgotten. <laughs> Living in the backyard. But that, yeah, that's the other movie she has. Yeah, so that's his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And then we have one more family, which is Stu's, uh, not Stu's family. Guy. Guy's family. Guy, Paige, Zane, and Becky. Yes, and they have a house festooned with movie posters. They have a really pretty house. It's they, a nice mix of of classic and modern. They do. I did wonder who took the pillows from outside on the cushions. But I don't want to live there if Zane lives there too. No, Zane is food. Played by Caven Coates. Yes. Who is the perfect actor for this role? <laughs> I don't, if they can't get, they can't go back in time and get a young Crispin Glover to yep. play this role. This guy, Caven Coates, like, is the best choice. We need somebody who's paler than pale. No, really pale. Super pale, okay. More pale than that. Yeah. Hasn't eaten in, oh, eight months. Oh, is he sweaty? Yes. He should be sweaty. Sweaty. Yeah, yeah. Nervous, anxious. Mm, paranoid yep. looking. Paranoid, all that Twitchy. stuff. Twitchy. Oh, so twitchy. Yes. No, he can't have any color in his cheeks. No. Nope. No facial hair. No, no, no ruggedness no. at all. No. The casting person must have just been like, I have the guy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Meet Zane. And I'm sure he's You're not nice my sister person. anymore, so I can love you. Okay? That's that's all you need to know. I've made a video about it. That should convince you to love me back. Okay. I lit some candles in the party pit. We're getting We can be so a couple now. Far ahead of it doesn't ourselves. matter. 
<laughs> okay. His life is dedicated to, you're going to be my girlfriend's sister now. We find out. Midsummer Zane... has learned they don't do that anymore. Zane... <laughs> <laughs> he, you got to go back like 20 seasons to get away with that kind of stuff. Come on. Zane is in the living room with the posters for the movies. Mm-hmm. Now, did you look at all the posters? Yes. Okay. So the the four three posters are the power to survive is a giant robot. Uh-huh. Why does it have a giant robot? I don't know. It's got the power to survive. Apparently, final day to survive. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's starring Lucy uh, Lucien Godwin and directed by Austin Oliver's fake people. Yes, there is a gas mask on that poster though. Mm-hmm. That that I liked. Yeah, I liked the little nod. That there's a little nod to. The, to that part, the, the gas mask. And then some of the, their fears, did you read what the tagline was? It is, when all is lost, only the lost remain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we get to the point. It's like where- I, one of the things I did to prepare for this episode was I thought maybe I would give you a quiz on real or fake post-apocalyptic movie titles. Oh, I'm winning that hands down. And I gave up when I found an actual movie called only the dead survive. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Do you know what survive means? <laughs> dead people don't. Oh. So there's a point here where Zane and Becky, are, Becky playing video games. are playing video games and they pause the video game, which that video game is created, right? Mm. It's not a real video. Well, they're game. not really playing anything. They're, they're pushing buttons on they're, controllers they're while pushing. something plays on the TV. There's something yeah. play. But it gives Becky statistics. Mm-hmm. Which includes kills. And I have in my notes, how can Becky have three kills when she's only killed one person in this episode so far? (laughs) But then I realized in the end of the episode, she does kill three people. So the kill total. It's foreshadowing. The kill total is foreshadowing for how many people she eventually kills. Yes. Because Becky is the killer. Zane should have paused it and went, (gasps) You're not my sister, but you are a killer. <laughs> Did you notice that Zane also has those posters in his room? Yeah, because once you've created a graphic like that, you use it. Well, Lyra has it on a DVD. They have it on the poster. He has it in his room. If you watch that video game episode, uh, part of the episode, and you realize that she's the killer... She says some very strange things there. Mm-hmm. She is not killerific there. She's a rewatching it, knowing that she's the killer, yeah. knowing that Becky is the killer. There's all kinds of little, like the three kills thing, but she gives herself away a couple of times. A couple of times. Yeah. Which to me is good writing. Yeah. Because to me, it means that, you know, if I wasn't paying more attention to how dirty somebody's towel is, I might have figured <laughs> out she was the killer. <laughs> Another thing that we asked people to look for was Medora's mechanical abilities. Yes. Watch like a maniac. Because they make this big deal out of her taking apart a meat slicer and putting it back together again at the reception slash bar of the restaurant slash pub. That's not where you do that. Why Why is she doing it there? It's not why you do it there. Now, have you spent any amount of time with an actual industrial meat slicer? Yeah. 
Okay. Not, well, that kind of, yeah, not, not an industrial one, but. Like a restaurant one. That type of one, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever cleaned one? No. It is one of the most hair-raising experiences I ever did in my life. The first step is unplug it, right? I worked in a a restaurant when I was going to college where I had to routinely do this. And I was the assistant manager of said restaurant, Mm -hmm. the night manager. So I wouldn't let any of my employees clean it. I didn't think that. They deserve to lose a finger. I didn't think they deserved to lose a finger, but I still have flashbacks to cleaning that apparatus. Did you um, uh, disassemble it on the front counter of the restaurant? (laughs) No, I did not do that. So that you could display all of its parts to your... To your customers and show them. I have a screwdriver, which means I am capable of doing... Look at me mechanical this. Mechanical (laughs) thing. I'm handy. I have hands. I'm screwing a screw. Yeah, it just seems weird. So Guy gets lured out to the woods by a boat. Yes. Why does anybody even have a self-inflating dinghy in the middle of the woods? Well, you know... If you have a wine rack, you need a self-inflating dinghy. I mean, there is a pond. Yep. Which you can die in, apparently. But you don't need a dinghy to survive it. No. These survivalists are buying things they don't need, like no. self-inflating dinghies. So I wondered if you could actually be injured by a dinghy. Okay. Right? <laughs> So, of course, I went looking. Um, We have to insert a sample of Edward Woodward from Wicker Man asking for the dinghy here. (laughs) Will you send a dinghy, please? Did you hear me? I'd like a dinghy, please. Can you send out a dinghy? (laughs) So this is uh, an inflatable life raft. Yes. Right? They call them IRBs. IRBs. Yes. Um, and they do have a canister of compressed air. Yes. Right? So that at a touch, it, it inflates. Which Because it's an emergency w- thing. Which would be like... <laughs> but that compressed air is a combination of gases that by itself, the canister can hurt you. Yes. Never mind. Apparently, it gets incredibly hot. Oh. Like that. Well, I would imagine that change of pressure. Well, it's makes a chemical it reaction, yeah. right? But there are quite a few stories in an article I read that it was it was in like the Australian uh, Journal of Medicine. <laughs> of course, it was an Australian Journal of Medicine. About lifeguards getting knee and ankle injuries from inflating lifeboats. So the lifeboat comes out and basically knocks them off their knocks feet. Knocks them off their feet. Yeah because they're not far enough away from it, or it um, opens in a direction they weren't expecting and basically takes their legs out. Well, maybe Jeff Provery, who wrote this episode, found that article. (laughs) But it hits Guy so hard that it knocks him five feet up into the air and about 10 feet back. And I think we're supposed to assume that when he hits the tree, he's basically uh, Paralyzed. paralyzed. Or severely concussed. Yeah, so concussed that he doesn't even think to fight back. If I'm buying that the tripwire worked to explode the boat at the right time in the exact right direction to make him fly through the air and hit the tree exactly right, I have to buy that he's either paralyzed or concussed. Yes, but we got to give Becky credit here because not only does she rig that whole thing up, but she positions the the compacted boat in the right direction. Because if it if it was just rotated ninety degrees, yeah, it would have just inflated in front of him. 
you know, some of these contraptions that we've seen. Like the the rifle, the shotgun with the wire and all that stuff. Some of these are going to take dry runs to make sure you have everything right. Yeah. Any engineer is going to tell you it's not going to work right the first time. No. You've got to iterate that. (laughs) That's what I couldn't learn. Maybe somebody can tell us is how they... They de-inflate these things enough and repressurize them so they can use them again. Oh, yeah. I don't know how that works. I'm, I sh- I'm sure it's possible. They can't be single use. I would, They're too nice for that. I would absolutely have to think that the company who makes those. Maybe you send them back and they do it again. You send them back and they return it. Yeah. In, and like the, somebody who's a professional parachute packer. Yeah. You know? and, and I would assume that if you make a bunch of those in rapidly inflatable boats, that you have a machine where you put the boat in, you put the thing in, you put all that in, and it folds it and puts it in, correct? Yeah. They're not rapidly inflating boats. Rapidly. Yeah. Because they were rapidly. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Maybe that's what Stu's looking for in the bushes. <laughs> no, he's looking for the bear trap that he left for his girlfriend in her hazmat suit later. That's oh. <laughs> okay. It doesn't really hurt her. I noticed that. Mm, those suits are tough, yep. apparently. I don't know about this whole Randall being drunk and having weird flashbacks and waking up on a log and... Randall just, he's just a mess. Yeah. That's why I think he and Medora don't own the place. Because I don't think he could run it. (sighs) And she can't do it alone. He seems okay, but then suddenly falls off the cliff. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what brings all that back, really, for him. But do you, okay. So does, so Becky knows Randall was involved. Yeah. With the the reason why she's killing people. She tells uh, him. She tells him in her drunken stupor. When Becky's drunk? No, sorry. When Randall's drunk. His drunken stupor. I'm saying, does Becky know Randall was involved with her mother's death? Not at that point until he gets drunk. So that's not the reason he starts drinking. No. It's not like he got a threatening text like, you know, like a guy gets. No. And then he goes, oh no, it's coming back to me. I'm traumatized again. No. He just, I guess he's just freaking out because his friends are dead. There's a missing trigger there. Warren and Guy have been killed so he thinks he's next so he's upset so he makes himself super vulnerable by getting drunk i don't i don't don't know maybe but Stu and becky in the woods like being all flirty and everything i don't know i don't understand why he why Stu is interested in her i understand why he dumps etta but flirty killer uh girl and scary man go for a walk in woods and then return to Stu's multi-million dollar home I mean, really, he's a poacher who uses cruel traps. Yes. And she's a killer. If they just opened up to each other, they might have been able to work something out. Oh, but no, she is another suitor. And this is the video. The most uncomfortable part of this entire episode. (laughs) So Zane films it in the living room because the posters are behind him in the video. See, I think he's in his room and there's a second set of posters. No, I think he films it on his laptop in the living room and then takes his laptop to the office at the front of the house to watch it okay. and bask in the glory of his own brilliance and grossness. Because okay. he's like, yeah, Zane, that's a, that's a good one. You made a good video. We have 150 episodes of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. When we started, I had no interest in hearing my own voice. (laughs) Anyone who's ever recorded anything, the immediate first reaction is, I don't sound like that. Yeah. Because you don't sound like that to yourself because your your voice resonates in your head in ways that you don't. 
right? But I've gotten used to hearing me, mm-hmm. right? And you've gotten used to hearing you, mm-hmm. right? So we hear each other a lot. I, why is he watching this again? But there's a bigger why, okay? Why is he watching it at full volume with the door open? <laughs> with his with mom in the house. a pair of headphones <laughs> lying beside his laptop. With his mom in the house. <laughs> also, he has an XLR cable on a coat rack. I'm like, it's not where your XLR <laughs> You're such a nerd. Go. But like, what, what does he think is going to happen? He's going to set her down and say, Becky, watch this video. And she's going to be like, oh, Zane, I love you too. I love how pasty and sweaty you are and, and, and how creepy you are. Uh, Yay. I'm top, a killer. On top of all that, he has a mixer on his desk. Why does he have a mixer on his desk? Because it, it looks techy, honey. I, I guess. Why don't you just leave me alone? I'm taking my laptop and my creepy video. Creepy video going away. Not only is Stu a poaching millionaire weirdo, he's also an egotistical jerk. When they interview him, he's like, yeah, Becky's into me. Can you blame her? Yeah. I, yeah, I can. Yeah. Because even a killer has better taste than you. You jerk face. Zane, in his second bad idea, decides to turn the shelter into a love nest. So he decides the video is not a good idea. Yeah. Instead, he's going to seduce Becky in the party pit. Yes. By lighting some candles and locking her in. And this is when I noticed the ginormous amount of wine bottles in the party pit. He has a remote control for the door. Yeah. No one else has that. And at first, you don't see the remote control. And in my notes, he has, oh, he has Jedi mind powers. <laughs> Zane's Jedi mind When you're tricks. that pin-up crazy, you yeah. can just do things with your mind. Because it looks like he points at the door with his hand yeah. and it shuts. Ha-ha! Then we finally get to the story that's behind the episode. Yes. Oh, gosh. I love Midsummer. okay? Which we hear. You love Midsummer. Yep. We make this show because we love Midsummer. Yeah. I know it sounds like we're just like ragging on Midsummer, going, this yep. is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. I got it. But new- I have to say this storyline doesn't make sense. Okay. This is what I have to say. When I came back to this episode after the mini, what has it been? Like eight hours since we recorded <laughs> the mini? <laughs> I was, this was the one I was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to find enough to talk about in this episode. I have a newfound love of this episode Mm. because of all these amazing things. Mm -hmm. And then second of all, this backstory is brilliant if it's an entire episode. Like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I like. There is a critical logic. Okay. Flaw that makes it not make sense. We fix that critical logical flaw, and then it's a whole episode. No, no, then it still doesn't work. Let me tell you why. Okay, so the backstory is that a bunch of these people used to work for this pharma company. Wait a minute. It's almost three hours into the podcast, and we're just bringing up the pharma company. And the pharma company was experimenting with viruses, Mm -hmm. okay, with diseases. Yes. A woman who worked there was told that she had been exposed yes. to the disease that yes. was contagious and deadly. Yes. Okay? So she leaves the company yes. in her car, yes. driving crazy and erratically. Yes. 
runs into some trash cans. Yes. Because now she's starting to, she thinks she's starting to feel bad. Yep. And is convinced either by Guy and Warren. Where, 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 okay. She goes to Warren's house first. Yeah. Because he's a GP. Right. That makes sense. Right. And he has a relationship with the pharma company and she thinks she's sick. Right. The fact that he doesn't help her. I know. Is horrific. I know. But instead, she's told that she basically is infected with something that could kill everybody. So she does what she thinks is the right thing, which is to walk into a pond and drown herself. Yes. Okay. Thereby saving everybody else from exposure. Including? But she drives there in a car. Yep. With her baby. Was the baby in the car at work? I don't know. Maybe she brings the baby to work. Like she just like totes the baby around all day in a backpack while she's doing her dangerous job. I went through. Being exposed to stuff. I went through all of these scenarios. Even if the baby wasn't at work. Let's say the baby was at daycare and she picked the baby up. Okay. She she went to the daycare. She exposed all those people at the daycare. It's all in my notes. I know. (laughs) Never mind. Even if none of that is true. Let's say the baby is miraculously independent and hangs out in the car all day alone and is fine. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, mom. You you go to work. I'll chill out here all day. <laughs> I can hang. It's fine. I got a bottle. I got a blanket. I'm cool. And it's not illegal to leave me here by myself all day. Oh my it's fine. God. Listeners. Even I'm if that is dead. the case. Okay. She gets in the car, thereby exposing the baby. The baby okay? is exposed. Now yep. she is willing to sacrifice herself to save the world. <laughs> But leaves the plague baby behind. Leaves plague baby. (laughs) In the car. Okay? So plague baby is going to kill everybody instead. Uh, I have in my notes, wouldn't the baby be sick too? (laughs) You left plague baby behind. Now, I'm not saying I advocate for this woman carrying her baby into the water too. I don't want any of that to happen. But it's pointless for her to sacrifice herself when she leaves the plague baby bomb behind in the car. (laughs) To be discovered by somebody who has no idea and might even find the baby and go, oh, that's just the baby that hangs out in cars. <laughs> 20 years later becomes the killer. We don't need to rescue that baby. That's the baby who hangs out in cars. She's fine. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Never mind that then okay. we find out she actually wasn't exposed to anything okay. serious. It was just like a common cold and she didn't need to do any of that. And so they fish her out of the pond that looks like it's three feet three feet deep, but she miraculously instantly drowns herself in and they bury her in the woods. What? Meanwhile, baby's and driving then, around in the car. <laughs> and then Plague Baby, which they don't know it's not Plague Baby at this point in time. Right. They don't know. Right. What do you do with Plague Baby? Take her in. Is Paige that gullible or is Guy that persuasive? I don't know. If I showed up, I think at we're our supposed door, to believe Paige was desperate for a baby. I understand that. And part. that he knew that it was only a cold by the time he brought the Plague Baby home. It's just some rhinovirus. She's got a runny nose. So but the, you should know she can drive. So now. <laughs> I know she's six months, but she can drive. So now I I got all there. Okay. And I got to this problem. Okay. Is is Zane older than uh, Becky? No, he's younger. So, okay. So So you brought me home a baby. Yeah. And 18 months or less, let's adopt another baby. Yeah. Well, see, I think we're supposed to assume that Paige was desperate for a baby and couldn't have a baby. So that she, she had the plague baby then. So she didn't ask a lot of questions when he brought plague baby Which home. Which I understand. And then they wanted another baby. So they, I mean, it's okay to adopt two babies. 
Sometimes you can't just have one. <laughs> They're like potato chips. Oh, my God. I mean, look at me. I had three at once. And... Yes, I mean, you had three at once, but if I showed up tomorrow at the door another with one. three plague babies, <laughs> you would be like, are you sure about this? I think we got enough. <laughs> But I'm it, not sure I can run the bookstore that nobody comes into. <laughs> I have to stock it, unstock it, stock it, unstock it, stock it, unstock it, over and over and over again. Yep. It keeps me busy. I can't take care of all these plague babies that you keep bringing I'm me. Putting up signs. <laughs> I'm putting up these signs that cover up the merchandise. Oh my god! Because we're having an amazing lost sale. The plot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I have a problem is that if she is selfless enough to take her own life to theoretically save everybody else, why would she leave the plague baby behind? She wouldn't. She would take the baby with her. Right? Never mind that I would think that she would be like, you guys got me sick. You guys fix this and you fix her too. I don't know why they bury her. Burying her is the 100% wrong thing ever. I guess nobody else loves her. Like, she has no family. The, okay, I was going to get to this when we get into the... the Even if she had the baby with a man who doesn't know she was pregnant, so he doesn't know he has a child, she has parents. She has parents, and wandering around is a father who doesn't know he's a father at the best. Yes. And at the worst, finds out that his child, who he's been looking for for 20 years... Is now a plague baby. Went nuts and killed a bunch of people. A plague baby grown into a serial killer. Spree killer in an orange suit. I mean. Hi, Dad. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Mm. Let's talk about the bookstore because there is something amazing in the bookstore. Okay. That may be, over all of these things, the gem of this episode. Okay. Okay. Now, there's a typewriter in the bookstore. I'm not talking about a typewriter. We we didn't even talk about the typewriter. Nope. I'm not talking about that. What do you... So much better. Okay. Lay it on me. How closely did you look at the books in the bookstore? Just briefly. I I just noticed that they were, they looked to be real books. Yes. Real books, right? And a mix of books. Yes. Because it's a used bookstore, I think, predominantly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have to say, Paige probably doesn't sell a lot of books because she doesn't sort her books by genre at all. Or cover or type or anything. But she does sell some new books. She does? Yes. Okay. Because when she's restocking, putting the books back, there's a long scene of her putting several copies of the same book on the same shelf. Yes. I would like you to open the folder where I have put the screenshot images and we will share these in the show notes onto uh, an image that I think I called Silas or Raven. Yes, Silas Raven. Mm-hmm. Open that one. Okay. And notice that there is an entire chunk of books there all written by... Silas Raven. Do you know who Silas Raven no, is? No, who is Silas Raven? He is the crime and horror novelist from The Dagger Club. Oh! Which is season 17, episode one. Wow, that is a callback. Isn't that awesome? That is a huge callback. It's kick-ass book covers that have a reference to six seasons ago. Wow. To an author in an episode. That is so fantastic. Isn't that cool? That is so I was like, I wonder if those are real books. I'm like looking up, looking up. And that's of the other ones there. There's one that she holds up the, you can almost read the cover. Yeah. But you can't quite read it enough. I looked it up. I couldn't find anything. Wow. But those, yeah, 
Silas Silas Raven is that is that character. That the, is so clever. The, That's an Easter egg if there is one. That is a fantastic Easter egg. I think that coat rack's the same coat rack that's in Zane's room. <laughs> it's a traveling coat rack. It may be. I'd have to double check. <laughs> Never mind. I was obsessed with something that we barely touched upon in this episode. The two people in the town walking dogs. <laughs> Every single scene outside of the village, outside in the village, I was watching for those people. Maybe they won a contest or something. Maybe. They got to be extras Some, in it. Something. Yeah. So that was my boom discovery that's, in this episode. That's amazing. And we'll put that in the show notes. It clearly says Sly, Silas Raven. Yeah. So which character is he in the in the Dagger Club? Oh, you'd know him as soon as you see him. He's uh he looks like Dracula. <laughs> He's got this swept back black hair with silver streaks in it oh, and an yeah, earring yeah, yeah. that hangs down. Oh, yeah, 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 he's yeah. he's very classy. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's it's fantastic. really good. It's really good. Yeah. Then Lyra gets attacked by Hazmat Suit Killer. Yes. And we still don't know who it is, though. We know it's probably either Etta or uh, Becky. Yeah, I think I knew it was Becky by this point. Because they do the the most worst job of trying to frame Zane ever. Yeah, no, Zane's just creepy (laughs) and sweaty. I think they would probably be like, do you think Zane could do that? No, I don't think (laughs) So Lyra is played by Kate Robbins. Yes. Who, um, I could have done a horrible movie with a movie that she was in, but I secretly think that it might actually be good. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called The Sex Lives of the Potato Men. What? It gets better. It stars Mackenzie Cook. Oh, my. From The Detectorists. Yeah. Johnny Vegas. Oh, we And have- Mark Gaddis. Why have we not watched this movie? But it's about two skeezy potato delivery guys. Wow. <laughs> but she's in that movie. We need to watch that movie. It looks like it could be not, you know, like, you know, life edifying, yeah. but maybe a good laugh. And we'll just scream Midsummer the whole time because yeah. everybody in it is going to be in a Midsummer. Speaking of, we're watching The Rig now on Amazon Prime if you're in the U.S., yeah. which is basically Midsummer versus Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's good so far. It's good so far. It's kind of sci-fi creepy. Yeah, there are a lot of crossovers there. So Warren wouldn't let Paige be in the bunker because she couldn't have babies. And he knew that because he was a doctor. Yes. So what does he do with the information? Because he was a jerk, apparently. Yeah. He shows up spontaneously at their house and says, hey, Zane, you're adopted. Bye. Yeah. Who does that? I don't have a problem with that inciting her to go crazy and start killing people. I have a problem with Warren going and doing it in the first place. Yeah. Like, that's just a jerk move. When easily you could have. Like, if you're going to throw, we listen to the will in the car and the ride over. If you're going to throw that in, you could easily throw in, well, she has some sort of disease and it's hereditary, but the kids don't have it. Oh my gosh, they're not actually her kids. <laughs> like that's been done in a five million shows. Which is why they didn't do it, yeah. right? What we're supposed to- well, On the car ride over, we talked to her GP and he said- <laughs> He told us everything. So what we're supposed to believe is that Warren did this because Guy wanted in the party pit Yep. But but he didn't want anybody who couldn't breed in the party pit. Warren didn't. So he wouldn't let Paige in because he knew she couldn't have kids. Yes. And I guess Guy was insisting. So Warren came over and went, 
you're adopted nah, 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 to stick it to Paige. I guess. But it really only hurts Zane. And then Becky hears that and goes, oh, wait a minute, maybe I'm adopted. Yeah. And then discovers that she's Plague Baby. I guess. And goes crazy. But how does she find out about Plague Baby? Like, it's been kept out of the news. How does she, she kills Warren before she talks to Randall? Mm-hmm. So how does she know about Plague Baby? I don't know. Like, it's problematic. It's, I, or maybe there's something we're not remembering in there. A little piece of information. Maybe Warren told her she was adopted too on the side. Maybe. But not when he came over and went neener, neener, neener to Zane. <laughs> like, of, of all the kind of unstable Let people. Let me play a video game and make a video about this with my mixer. <laughs> I'm adopted. I'm streaming adoption. You're a bad doctor. I hate it when bad guys run away. They confront her. Well, and they have the information. This, this episode, especially. She's wearing an orange jumpsuit in the woods. Where is she going to go? And Winters says, stop. And what does he do again? Says, stop again. Stop or I'll say stop again. I think I would just say, no matter how far you run, I can still see you. Yeah. You may as well just stop. No, no. I have to no, I'm run gonna, into Chekhov's bear trap. I'm going to run away forever and you're never going to catch me. What? Uh, In my big puffy hazmat suit. I guess. <laughs> you know what we didn't do? What? We didn't talk about the canned ham murder. We completely <laughs> skipped Randall. Poor Randall. We're horrible at this. <laughs> Mostly because I think Randall's death is so inconsequential. It's just and brutal. It she is the brutalist. beats him to death. Like, there would be blood she everywhere. She caves his head in with a canned ham. I don't know if you could do that. Oh, you could. What other... I think your arms would get tired. What other canned products could you kill somebody with? You couldn't do it with sardines. Anything in a restaurant quantity yeah like can. those big because that's like five pounds yeah and it's got sharp edges yeah so but like not sardines especially if he's like i'll not, just i'll hold still not Go ahead just and, like a can of soup like no. you'd be banging on his no, head forever no 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 <laughs> like a tuna can or something no, no. You, you need restaurant quantity yeah can yeah and it's got to be a can you couldn't do it with like and if it was tomato chicken nuggets or, or something juice, <laughs> what would you know was blood and what wasn't blood why didn't she just beat him with the deer carcass? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's willing to sit there and wait. Well, she put a trap on his face. <laughs> <laughs> meat slicer. It's right there. Use the meat slicer. <laughs> she could have said, hold on, I'll be back. Uh, and gone to the kitchen and got a big knife. Because he was willing to just sit be, there. He would be like, it's okay, I'll wait. Yeah, that's what he did. Um, <laughs> Hit me again. That one didn't kill me. I'll just, I'll, I'll be still so you can get a good aim. Like, wow. The, there is so much setup in the first hour of this episode that leads to the last half hour of bonkersness. Yes. Of, but she didn't even have a, a bad disease anyway, and she didn't take the baby, and you're the baby, and you're crazy. So maybe there was some, maybe she was exposed to something, and you were exposed to something that's been rotting your brain for 20 years, and now you're crazy hazmat plague baby lady. Where does Randall get his hazmat suit? <laughs> Where does he get it? I understand Guy having one in his car. Mm-hmm. He works at a virology place. Yes. Okay. Did he have a well, it Wasn't Randall involved in that too? No. There is no mention of Randall being. But Randall's the one chasing her initially and then Guy drives up in his car. Randall worked there too. 
Why is no, he no, at no. the pub? No, no, she she runs into the pub and then he chases her, right? Yes. Why oh, does he have right. a hazmat suit? Oh, maybe guy had two. But okay. Okay. And none none in a baby size. And they're like They didn't have any in baby sizes. They're like, okay, she smashes the car, she looks at them, she runs off. Guy goes to Randall, explains everything. Mm-hmm. Don't chase her too close. She might be. They infected. get in the hazmat suits. Yes. Right by her car. Yeah. And don't notice Plague Baby. <laughs> no, they get in them next to Guy's car, which is on the road next to the woods with the pond. Then how did Because <laughs> wait, wait, watch like a maniac moment. Watch like a maniac. Remember the tree carving? <laughs> Right? This makes no sense. Wait, wait. There were, remember I said, look for ma- look for mystical symbols. Yes. <laughs> Mysterious symbols yes. in the bunker. And yep. the other set is in the woods. The tree that is carved, right? Yes. That's where Guy gets out of his car because he sees Randall chasing a lady. But in the And he flash- knows that she's, that she's run away, but she's infected. But in so the, he's trying to find her. In right? the flashback, they're both on the street behind the pub in red, red suits. That's when they come back. And don't notice the baby. No, that's when they do notice the baby. And that's why Guy gives the baby to Paige and says, look, plague baby. And all Randall's for you. just like, oh, well. I'm going to go to work and drink now. Bye. Never mind digging a hole to put a body in takes forever. And it would be plague body. And why would you put plague body in the ground? And, I think by then they knew she just had a cold. How? <laughs> because Lyra, the security guard, came and told them. No, she's still hiding in the house with her flip phone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maniacs. Hey, guess what? Sarah's mom's not coming. Maniacs. (laughs) The end. (laughs) No, we have to talk about the most egregious thing. Of all the the plot twists and the plot holes and the logic problems and the plague babies and driving cars and everything else, the party pit, you know what makes me ticked off the most? He's doing cleaning the sink in his tie. No, he doesn't pay Winter back for the beer and chips. Winter gets screwed in this episode. Barnaby, come on. This whole season, and we need to talk about That's bullshit. This This season is how to screw Winter. Yeah, it's like, not cool. Like, do they not want him, Nick Hendricks, on the show anymore? Okay, here's what I know about being a good manager. Yeah. If there's only one pair of wellies, my yeah. employee is getting the wellies, Absolutely. not me. I'm Absolutely. like, take the wellies off my feet. Yes. You wear them. Yes. If anybody's buying the beer and chips, it's me. If if I ask an employee to buy beer and chips, I'm giving them money. Yeah, in advance. Yes. Here's money to buy it with. Yes. Never mind. It's not for an office party. No. It's for his his escape from his mother-in-law. His mother-in-law bunker. That It's not even a work-related expense. It's no. a personal expense. No. It's bullshit it's, that Barnaby's like, well, then I'm not going to give you the money. Ha, 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 ha. It's not funny. It's a jerk move. We, Barnaby, we, you're better than that. We talked about this in the second mini because some people talked about this online that he treats. That, uh, that, is, that is a jerk move. Yeah. Taking advantage of somebody who yeah. is under you in the organizational chart and makes less money than yeah. you if and you, can't fight back. If you're going to create- I know a, they're doing it tongue in cheek, but I'm not amused by yeah, it. Yeah. If you're going to create a younger generation who hates work, that is one easy way to do it. If you're going to create a younger generation that's going to rise up against the middle-aged man and overthrow him yep. and say, give me back my wellies. Yes. That's how you do it. Agreed. If you're going to raise- Power to the people. Secret plague baby <laughs> serial killer bombs that are going to come back and get your ass, that's how you do it. Oh, Really, 
Becky is Barnaby's fault. <laughs> Becky wouldn't be like that if it weren't for people like Barnaby not paying back their underlings for expenses oh. that they incurred on their behalf. <laughs> it's just bonkers plot. <laughs> they must And have, that's why we love Midsummer. They must have had writers rooms meetings cuz we know not writers room but writing meetings cuz we know from the writers that we've talked to that they sit down and go through the whole plot first. Yeah. And and I realize some things get cut and yep. there's editing. And, and sometimes that, that creates holes the, that are unintentional yep. and all that kind of stuff. But wow. Dudes, call us up. We'll help you out. <laughs> Let us have it. Yeah. Give us the draft. We'll show you where the problems are. We'll help you out. And we'll let you keep them all. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's great. And we'll sign the NDA. I got no problem with totally, that. Totally. Totally. But we will be your story consultant. We will point out the awesome plague babies in your story. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Gloomsday Plague Babies hanging out in the, people, in the party All these pit. people work very hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we love this show. This is why we love this, it. This is this is telling your child that maybe uh, the circus life is not right for them. <laughs> you love them. You want the best for them. No, it's not even that. It's yeah. I love you because you want to go to the circus. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you going to be a trapeze artist even though you've never done it? And Great, I can't wait to watch. 650 pounds. Uh-huh. Awesome. Can I get tickets to the first show? Yeah. Because I'm there. Yeah. Because it's going to be great. It's bonkers town. Who's the best corpse? <laughs> nice corpse. Uh, I feel like we should give it to Randall because we forgot him completely. Uh, I think we <laughs> give Randall the good... The, the best corpse. Even though, uh, um, what's his name? Warren's good on Warren's the slab. Warren's good on the slab. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it just doesn't seem fair that we're like this. This episode is so Looney Tune that we forgot somebody got killed with a can to ham and had to go back. <laughs> That's why we love it. That's why we love it. After okay. the credits. After the credits. P- Play baby Becky is going to prison. Yep. Zane is going to say, "Whoo, dodged a bullet there." I hope he does. <laughs> No, no, I still love her. No, he's going to write her notes in prison. He's going to confess his love for her in prison. You know he is. Okay. <laughs> is Paige going to keep the bookstore? Paige is going to keep the bookstore, but I got to think that Lyra's going to get kicked out by the new owners of the house because Claudia is in London already oh, spending she's money. out of there. Yeah, she is out of there. When she says, all I ever wanted was somebody to love me for who I am, mm-hmm. I was like, you're right. You're right. Then get out of there. Get out of there. No that, one loves whole, her. No one loves her for no, who she is in this no. episode. It, Paige. That is the best part of writing in this episode. Yeah. She's a beautiful, wealthy woman who no one loves. Yeah. And she's not a bad person. No. Well. Go to London and find Romeo. What 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 I want is for there to be another episode about the big city couple who decides to move to the country and buys the beautiful house and, and can't well, get Lyra out. Lyra's still in the house, and she's warped so badly because of this, she wears hazmat yes. around all the time. But there's a, but there's a, a footnote in, in the contract that says they can't kick her out. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody's mother who can stay there until she dies. Do you think Medora keeps the pub? Um, No, she should get out of there, too. Yeah, her husband was beat to a pulp in the kitchen. Etta has Ma- maybe Lyra agrees to live in the party pit. Because that's definitely an upgrade from the tent. Yeah. yeah, maybe. And maybe the new owners don't know she's out there. And Etta already... <laughs> maybe. 
Etta already has a new YouTube channel oh, where yeah. she has a narrow boat that she runs all over U- the UK. Yeah. And she does uh, to- totally on solar YouTube narrow boat episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, unless she's in a yurt. Yes. She's or a yurt. She, she's, she's a yurt girl. So. Yeah. She's, she's gloomsdaying somewhere else. <laughs> How to Survive the Apocalypse on a Narrow Boat no, boat with a Composting Toilet by Etta. Uh, well, maniacs. <laughs> this, Didn't you miss Midsummer? quite the episode. <laughs> I missed Midsummer. <laughs> Next week we cover Season 23, Episode 2, The Debt of Lies. Mm-hmm. Which we will have all sorts of craziness for. Oh, there's all kinds of fun stuff there, too. Yep. Including yep. lots of chicken poop. Yes, lots of chicken poop. Full <laughs> face. Retired cops and chicken poop. Of uh, course. All right. Until then, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. <laughs> Bye. Watch out for plague babies. <laughs> <laughs>